Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Bethlehem Church Podcast, where our goal is to offer you compelling biblical content to equip you to live an empowered Christian life. Each week, you'll hear a message from our lead pastor, Matt Robinson, or another member of the Bethlehem team. We also host a conversation every week where we unpack different facets of Sunday's message. We're so excited about this conversation, and we hope it's a blessing to you. Let's jump in. Well, hey there. I'm Pastor Cody. I'm Pastor Matt. And we are here on this Faithful Faithful Thursday to have ourselves a conversation between the two of us mm, yes. and you, as it always is. And this week, we are talking about... Tell them, tell them what we're talking about. Well, we are in uh, the book of Ruth, and we had our second message in a series of four messages that will be in the book of Ruth, and it just keeps getting better and better. Love, yeah. love the book, love the the topic, decisively loyal, and so if you struggle, if you're not an Enneagram 6, and you struggle with being loyal, you just stick around. Shout out to my wife, who's You'll probably the most loyal person around. Yeah, definitely a six. If you're listening, I, I expect a text message. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but yeah, it's uh, it's been really good so far. I think yeah. people have enjoyed it. I think it's new content mm. for a lot of our church, which yeah. is cool. Uh, that's the beauty of being a church plant that has a lot of new believers in it. Is this yeah. is uh, you know it's the first time for a lot of people. Yeah. You know, um, so decisively loyal week two. It, it yeah. looks like you're. Uh, just kind of where you go with the whole message. Your opening line is, uh, when tragedy or trauma happens in your life, what will anchor you spiritually? Mm. Will you seek a change? And will what is easiest direct your steps out of the situation? Yeah. And so it seems like just kind of, you know, we walk through the story and, and uh, you know, Ruth finds herself picking grain and she bumps into this fella named Boaz, who I hear has super nice feet. Oh, my um, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I hear. Oh this is what they say. That's, that's not what I say. That's just what they tell me. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, but just, uh, you know, you there's know. been someone in our church that Googled why we're using feet euphemisms <laughs> on and alluding uh, to it. And they're like, did? oh, my goodness. It was an, <laughs> it was uh, one of our uh couples that's in Mike's small group i'll say that it's not nice saying one of our elderly <laughs> uh, um, oh, i know who you're talking about but yeah she was like oh my. <laughs> it was mike wasn't it <laughs> no no but she was like oh my goodness i had no idea that that was like a thing you know i was like well yeah it's a it's a yeah. thing uh but anyway we we've just we're, we just joke about it on here but um yeah it, i think week one was more about naomi's perspective you mm -hmm. know as far as that yep. message and and her having complete reversal the female job version uh, and this this week, we kind of talked more from Ruth's perspective in the application. Let's see. So let's where where's this thing going, man? Where's the story going? What do you mean? Just like give us a little <laughs> give us a little synopsis from your brain as far as like how the narrative has progressed this week, maybe. The narrative, um, I see someone who I think the week two is more about um, when we shift to Ruth's perspective, we shift to a, per a perspective of the stranger, you know, the Moabitess woman. And so she, I connect, you know, chapter one of Ruth, verse 16, 17, I believe in 18, mm -hmm. where she makes this declaration to follow Naomi. And of course, we're playing off of that song, that Tomlin song of 
you know, where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. Where you move, I'll move, I'll follow you. And I believe that the writer probably wrote that out of the, the thought of Ruth. I mean, it's like there, you know what I yeah. mean? It's got to be in the ecosystem a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, Ruth makes this decision to follow Naomi. And, you know, my perspective as it as the narrator uh, is sharing this is the fact that the Lord is not there in particular as far as like he's not present, um, but he's in the background. And so you get this sense that she says, your God will be my God. And what's neat is that in chapter two, you see the shift where she makes a declaration indirectly that she's going to follow the Lord by mm-hmm. following Naomi. Yeah. But the Lord makes a connection directly. Yeah. And um, we pull that out and, and we kind of uh, talk about where that is in, in the Torah, really, and, and, and how that plays out in the story. Yeah. It's really cool how it progresses. You, uh, <laughs> Somebody just sent me an email and it just says, hey, chicken nugget. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's funny. Um, but, you know, she makes her declaration of loyalty to Yahweh. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then it progresses. She she could have gone back to comfort, but she chooses to stay with Naomi, her mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, she ends up in the field of none other than Boaz. Yeah. You know, which mm-hmm. is just, it's funny that there's like a relation there. And it just, you know, when you think about that and when you muse on it, it's kind of like, you know, God honors her decision to be loyal to him vicariously through her, her mother-in-law, like you said. Mm-hmm. And she ends up in the field of Boaz, and obviously that's significant in how the story plays out. Yeah. Um, I do want to pick your brain about this because I'm on the fence about it, and you can let us know in the comments what you think. Now, you had mentioned, I think it's verse number... I might have skipped over it here. Uh, chapter 2, but she asks Naomi's permission to go gather. Yeah. And you had mentioned that that was just uh, maybe her respecting her headship. Mm-hmm. But I kind of want, and I think it's both of these. I don't know that the what you said is wrong by any stretch, but I was just thinking about it. And I was like, you know, I wonder, like, did Ruth know that it was in, because if you think about it, like, not everybody had Torahs, you know. So was it like, of course, I guess if she was married to Israelite dudes, she would know well, that you can gather in a field. There's there's a lot to, you know, there, there there's a lot left t- for the mind to kind of like. You kind of fill in some gaps yeah, exactly. on your own for sure. Yeah. yeah. Basically, what we're what we're talking about here is, you know, uh, Ruth goes to Naomi and she says, "Hey, can I go gather?" And Naomi's like, "Yeah, sure." Uh, and in Deuteronomy, if you look at the notes that are in the description of this video. Uh, you can read where he references, I think it's Deuteronomy chapter 24. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the Lord makes provision in in the field of every farmer that they cannot harvest the perimeter of their fields. They leave that for the poor, um, which is, which is you know, basically an ancient welfare system in a way. Um, you know, you can go get grain. Nobody gives you bread, but you can get grain to make bread or whatever you're going to make with grain. Mm-hmm. I've never done anything with grain, so I don't know. Um, but you know, but she asks for her permission and I just wonder in my own mind, like, was this because Ruth didn't know that Moses had made provision in the law or is she just asking out of respect yet again and loyalty to her mother-in-law? You know what I mean? That was just kind of where my brain went when I was listening to what you were saying. And I think it's probably a both and. Well, I think that the, potentially the story is. The narrator portrays Naomi as the leader in that relationship. Yeah. And, you know, it's, I will follow you. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, um, you know, we we're looking at this from, you know, more of like the, the patriarch situation. Right. She's the, because there's nobody the, else. The matriarch, the patri- I guess. Matriarch of the household. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So she's, you know, the husband's died. 
it's her. The sons have died. You know, it's it's literally her and <laughs> the Ruth. other. The other wife is uh, the wife of the deceased son. She's gone. So it's just the two of them. It's just the two. But even in that structure, you know, you see there's still authority. Headship. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. And you know, the Lord's design is, you know, is is clear that that exists, right? Yeah. And so I think that for me, it was like a moment of. You know, in those times of life where reversal happens, you know, we tend to go off the rails. Right. And that's like, it's an opportunity to operate within those um, because God isn't going to break his own law. You know, God's not going to operate outside of that. Mm -hmm. He makes provision. Right. But that's like the fine line for me. It's, you know, you see the Lord making provision for the stranger. You see the Lord making provision for the widow, for the fatherless. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so you know he he works and operates in meeting needs, um, but he does it in his way and according to yeah. his law. Um, so it's not up to us to, you know, reinvent the wheel. And when times are tough and when things are ambiguous in our mind, they're not in God's mind. You know, yeah. and so we, we got to follow what he's doing and follow his, the, the construct that he's built. You know, it's not the time when, when life's falling apart to run from church and to isolate and to, uh, not answer or be accountable to anybody. You know what I mean? Like it's more of a time to be accountable. And here's a young woman who, you know, in my point in the story is that she appears to be the strong one in, mm-hmm. in, you know, at this point, in she's the, story. the strong one. She had all the leverage, you know, she could have left Naomi to die, but right. yet she did not. Right. Yeah. And and <clears throat> then she facts. defers to her and says, can I go gather? You know, like, let's not miss that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a huge thing for me. It's a huge implication to say um, the Lord will use the people that are around you uh, in your situation. Ultimately, yeah, she had a connection through her husband that w- that died, but um, she didn't have a child and she wasn't a Jew. Right. Mm-hmm. And so really Naomi is her connection. Right. And and that is, you know, it's Naomi's realization in chapter two that, but, oh, man, he could be uh, our kinsman redeemer. Mm-hmm. Right. And so uh, Ruth makes the right decision. <laughs> she said, go get you a sugar daddy over go there. That's what, I, that's what I that's what I think's going to happen over here. What do you? <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, man. I mean, tell me that ain't it. Uh, no, you're right, and I think that yeah, I was just thinking about that. Um, you know, I don't what, know that I'm right. It's just kind of what. Well, it's there though. What like, I'm it's seeing. a very present thing, and I'm I'm more speculating. Like, I wonder if she even. I would assume that she knew Torah. You know, if her husbands were, um, you know, Israelites. Yeah. Or at least to some degree. Yeah. Because um, she obviously didn't. You know, they didn't have anything. Um, but yeah, I think it's really important, and I think on the headship note, you know, we do have authority structures both in the church and both outside of the church. And I think that it's, it's very natural for all of us to buck both, you know, mm-hmm. church government, real government, yeah. or in America, we have this like individualistic sense and we buck, you know, we buck parents and we buck family and we buck, you know, fill in the blank. Yeah. Um, but it's just not, you know, you see in the story that that's just not really what it's supposed to be. That's not mm-hmm. what harmony looks like. Yeah. And you're right. Our, our gut inclination especially if we're in that realm is to run from, you know, when there's an issue and not run to, you know, we tend to not run towards authority when there's an issue, Mm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that so often, like all of you that are watching, you know, I'm sure you've all prayed for a a multitude of things, right? Whether it's an intangible thing that you feel like you can only receive spiritually, quote unquote, 
um, you know, like encouragement or just clarity. Um, but here's the thing in my mind, and I've been thinking about this a lot the past couple weeks. Um, you know, these things <laughs> are what God will give us through his church. Mm. Like God will use his church, the, the people of the church, not the building, right? Not specifically a sermon, though that does happen a lot. Um, but people in the church can and will be your answer to prayer, but that doesn't happen if you're not here. Yeah. It doesn't happen if you choose to run from the structure of the church when you have problems yeah. and then you pray for things and God's like, well, if you just like were where you were supposed to be, like you would mm-hmm. be receiving yeah. help and blessing and peace through this, but you're not. Yeah, that's right. And I think that so often we, we think you hear it all the time, right? Well, I don't go to church because I'm, I'm a good person and I pray at home. It's like, okay, but like the whole point is that we're a body yep. connected together yep. and we serve each other. And if you're, if you're missing something and you're not here, I think, you know, I think you, you know where to find it. Yeah. You that's know, right. that's just kind of where that's I, right. I, you know, we, we pray for things and we separate that yeah. from God's people yeah. as if we're not a factor at all. When the reality is, is we are the vehicle that Jesus chooses to use to mm. change the world mm. down to, you know, personal individual relationships between two people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. That's right. So, but I think what you're saying in the message here is really good is that we, <laughs> we tend to kind of stray off and we, yeah. we shouldn't, Yeah, you know, going back to your first point there. But mm-hmm. anyway, what's, um, sorry, had a burp here. Is there anything that you felt like you didn't get to in the message that you felt like was pertinent or do you feel like you kind of covered, got a good survey of the chapter here? Um, I felt like I got a good survey. I think that, um, you know, the, obviously we're not going exactly verse by verse we're just kind of giving a a synopsis along this this title this journey this, yeah this thought it's of all about the journey <laughs> being that's just what they tell loyal. me <laughs> Man, you're on you're on him today aren't you that guy i'm not even gonna say his name <laughs> say their name oh my goodness let's see here yeah i i mean i think that um looking at at ruth and and her perspective I, I think that uh, just looking at this number one here, it says if you're looking for a miracle, then make a move that requires a miracle. Sure. Um, yeah. Start Facebook in your garage. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Everything started in a garage. Have you ever yeah. noticed that? I feel like Jesus had a garage. That was debunked. He probably what that Jesus had a garage. Yeah. That all well that all these tech, <laughs> that all these tech startups. Yeah. No, Jesus that made had me so one. sad when I heard about that. Yeah. That was on Rise and Fall of Mars Hill, wasn't it? Oh was yeah, that's like, right. Yeah. Like, come on, Christianity today. Why couldn't you just let me believe yeah. that my workshop means something, <laughs> that it has potential? <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, it doesn't. Nothing good is coming <laughs> like, from no. your garage. <laughs> yeah, but um, I think that, you know, it, it's just a a thing for me to, and obviously I'm a bit of a dreamer. Mm-hmm. Speaking of garages, remember that book, Dreamers and Deceivers? No. What a great book. I think so Beck, great. Beck wrote that. But um, there's anyway. a, there's like a TikTok going around. And it's got like somber music playing and the mm-hmm. guy's like, you know, it sounds like really motivational. And he's yeah. like, some people are going to tell you that, that you, you're not going to amount to anything or that you're, you know, you're dumb or you're ugly and, and you're not, you know, <laughs> you're, you're not worth it. And it just kind of like a pause. And he's like, and they're right. <laughs> <laughs> you really are. <laughs> that's funny. And I'm like, that's you good. know, that's harsh, but maybe some of us need to hear that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You will not be the trendsetter. Yeah, right. Oh, my goodness. That's funny. But, yeah, I think that, um, you know, if you're looking for a miracle, then, you know, make a move that requires one. We, you know, we're we're just we're okay with the status quo sometimes. Mm-hmm. We're okay with, with just getting by. 
and I I don't want that this year. I really don't. You yeah. know, not that I ever want that, but uh, I just I'm I'm really motivated to make moves for the gospel this year, and I just mm-hmm. pray that you know they're motivated from the gospel by the gospel and you know with the gospel uh in mind that we are we're taking huge steps and huge steps (laughs) yeah and and doing it the way the way ruth would do it yeah it's true yeah where's your where's all the fields at whose field can i come take some stuff from yeah man and maybe it'll be donald trump's field (laughs) oh my goodness he'll be like listen you can gleam here anytime you want (laughs) yeah does he own a field I'm sure he I does. Think it's just nothing but <laughs> debt, right? That's what, yeah. Uh, disclose, <laughs> disclose the taxes. <laughs> I painted a field on my casino. <laughs> Jeez. Anyway, yeah, I don't man. know why I'm on that. I have no idea. I don't know why I'm on that today, but I'm just feeling it. But I think that you know she ends up gathering in a field that's owned by Boaz, and you know I just I put a word in parentheses, and I think that we could go down. So many scriptures support this, you know, the idea of providence. And, mm-hmm. you know, she says here that she fell face down, bowed to the ground and said to him, why have I found favor with you uh, so that you notice me, although I am a foreigner? And Boaz answered her, everything you have done for your mother-in-law since your husband's death has been fully reported to me. And I think I, I may have said this Sunday, but uh, just to put more stress on it, you know, the Lord sees you in, in your problem. You know, he sees you where you are in your struggle and he, and he knows, he absolutely knows, you know, the psalmist search me, O God, you know, and know my heart, see if there be any wicked way. And the, the psalmist also said, you know, is there any place that I can go that I, right. that I can hide from the <laughs> Lord, you know? And so we, we all have those feelings of, you know, Lord, I want you to know me and Lord, I want to know you more. Um, but you know, when we come to that realization that there is absolutely no escape from the Lord and he always sees where you are and he knows the struggle that you're facing in this moment. And so as she saw herself as a foreigner, the Lord saw her as a, as a son and a daughter. And, you know, I say that both genders included, you know, obviously she was just one, but anyway, uh, the, the point is, is that he is absolutely there in the struggle with you and notices. Um, so in, in that moment, you know, that, that you're looking and needing a miracle, know that the Lord is working that miracle. Know that he's, he's not absent from that moment. He's in that moment with you. He's in the trenches. And uh, I just, I love this idea where she's going through all of her normal ebb and flow of emotions. She's going through, and you know this, you know, she's experienced incredible loss. She's experienced, you know, need and, and you know, the just the, the basic needs of having to go uh, glean from someone else's field, you know, and, and I can't imagine there was probably shame associated with that, you know, and, and all of those things culturally. She's she's basically, uh, you know, at that beggar status going and working. She's not even at the status of servant where she's working and making uh, a living because of, you know, she's basically uh, on the back of someone else's living, you mm-hmm. know, and even in that state, especially we should say in that state because of who she was aligned with because of her commitment to the Lord. Um, the Lord was there in that moment. And so there's, there's so much grace in that. There's so much hope in that, you know, and so wherever you are, whatever you're walking through and going through, uh, know that there's a field to glean in, know that there's a place that the Lord has for you. 
and he's made that provision because you're a son and you're a daughter, you know, but I, yeah. I just, I love that. The providence of the Lord is, is working, you know, it's there in this story. And it, it just goes to show like this whole situation, like where, where Ruth and Naomi end up at the end of the story, like none of it has anything to do with their wit mm-hmm. or with who they are from like a status perspective mm-hmm. or how hard they work, so to say, but it has everything to do with, you know, where their loyalty was placed. Yeah. And you see, <laughs> I like your last point here. It's, uh, you know, turn to him. Uh, but it's like Naomi says, you know, Naomi, don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara, you know, mm-hmm. bitter. Um, for the Almighty has made me very bitter. And then it's like also Naomi. Uh-huh. Then Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, may the Lord bless him because yeah. he has not abandoned his kindness to the living or the dead. Yeah. And it's like a, you know, a, a switch has flipped in Naomi's brain. 100%. And that's so relatable because we're all like that. We're, yep. we're like just like down and like Eeyore one day. Yeah. And then we're, uh, you know, the next day we're like, woohoo, got yeah. some sleep last night. I feel pretty good. Prayed right. this morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? We're yeah. all over the place, just like Naomi yeah. slash Mara. Are you Mara today or are you Naomi today? Which are you? <laughs> yeah. And, and I <laughs> take think that it is relatable. <laughs> That's a Facebook quiz we should put up. Like, take this quiz to see if you're Naomi or Mara today. Yeah. Which <laughs> version? Which right. version of, of yourself are you today? Plot twist. Jordan Peterson would probably read this and be like, Naomi had us, you know, some sort of dual personality disorder. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he would say. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, seemed to been changing himself, you know? Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's um, It's just so interesting to see the the way that things play out. And I think too, like giving, you know, giving yourself grace in those bitter moments, you know, not to stay there, um, not to co-sign, you know, the feeling of depression and anxiety that you may have because of what you're facing because tragedy and trauma seeking to redefine you. Um, but knowing that, you know, there is a light at the Mm -hmm. end of the tunnel, there is a change on the horizon, you know? And so, uh, all of those cliche moments, you know, that we talk about, like they, they will come. And, uh, so don't, don't look at your situation right now as being, you know, the end of it. You know, she absolutely (laughs) in chapter one was like, my life is over chapter two. My life is awesome. You know, (laughs) like this is incredible. Like the Lord has not forgot. And I think that, you know, if, if we see the providence of the Lord putting her right in the field, she didn't know. She didn't know whose field she, it was. She didn't know, yeah. right? Like that's incredible. That's I love that part about the story that you know she sh- she shows up for her first day of work, not even working there, and how in the world, other than the Lord, is it literally you know her father in law's relative? And some some scholars think that it's uh, the field. It's like the field that Elimelech left, mm-hmm. and you know because it wasn't producing, it was that time of famine. So. Many, you know, and I would say many scholars, I believe, carry the... That field closed up and they put a spirit Halloween store in there. <laughs> and here it is. That's hilarious. Yeah, but uh, but many, you know, when I was reading different authors on it, you know, some scholars believe that it was it was a Limelex who was in his family. It was a Limelex field, yeah. you know, where it's like he was providing essentially, and that's the idea of someone in the family, um, you know, that would that would take their family in. Uh, but it, it could be removed knowing what we're going to see in chapter three, how, and he alludes to it that there's one closer to, mm-hmm. to him, you know? Yeah. So it's like he is uh, maybe a, a second cousin or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but the idea here that the providence of the Lord is at work and she lands in that field and then Naomi sees it. And what I love about the wording there is that 
to the living, the Lord is not abandoned, mm-hmm. the living or the dead. Mm-hmm. And it just shows that the Lord's timetable is eternity. Like the Lord is not, your deadline is not his deadline. Death. <laughs> I see what you did there, deadline. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, you know, when, when Elimelech died, the Lord's plan still continued. And, you know, Elimelech was still in mind in the Lord's plan. Mm-hmm. Him him ceasing uh, did not remove him from the Lord's plan. And so as we look at and we view the optic of our life through this timeline of, you know, what I do in this life is really what matters and all the motivational quotes right, that you, right. you know, what you're able to accomplish in this life. The Lord does not work off that timetable. His not providence is so much wider. It's so much deeper not height nor depth it is indeed deep and wide yeah nor nor angels nor creatures uh nothing nor things present nor what things to come nothing can separate you from the love of god in christ jesus so you know there is absolutely no end to that and so when naomi discovers like oh my goodness you know i'm still experiencing god's kindness naomi God's pleasantness. I'm still experiencing Yahweh's kindness, you know, her name, essentially. It's the fact that, you know, God has not left and nor will he ever leave. And so there's some scriptures in there, uh, I believe in the program that link to that idea, you know, verses that are supported, you know, that thought is supported all throughout scripture, that the Lord is just working this in his plan, his providence. And so, uh, you know, I just want to point that out that he was just as faithful to the dead as he was the living. The Lord's provision for the dead shows the fact that life and death are not the defining factors of whether or not God is faithful to you. God is faithful to you because he is faithful, because he is forever, because he is eternal. Our existence is predicated on the fact that he exists, and there is no start and end point for him. And so when you are in Christ, when you are in God and you know, you're a part of his family. You're a part of a unit that is a community that he has reconciled to himself for all time, for all eternity. Um, and that's that's the new kingdom. The new kingdom is an eternal kingdom, not made with hands, one that is energized by the love of God, the community of God that he had within himself that now he's allowing us to be partakers of uh, and having communion with him, which is every picture of the church that we have in the new covenant shows that. And so this story, uh, what a beautiful picture of that, you know, and, and we get those like new covenant tingly feelings all throughout it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That I'm experiencing, uh, studying it. It's, it's, it's just, it's so very connected. And, so many uh, tinglies. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? But I, I think too, it's like I was listening to that most recent podcast on uh, exile Mm, so good. Yeah, where, where he's talking about how you know the the Exodus. Uh, that's I'm gonna story, buy that book. Uh, yeah, yeah, I definitely want to read that. But you know, exile is a theme. It's mm-hmm. a theme. We are in exile. Yeah. You know what I mean. And so coming out of our lostness is coming out of exile. And so it's similar. These themes are just reoccurring in Scripture over and over and over again. Yeah, you know, showing that the Lord's providence and his grace and his mercy is is evident throughout and where i think i pull up short from maybe some of the reform friends would be the fact that you know you you see you know people making cognitive decisions you know with within the story 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's both. It's not one or the other. Right. You know, yeah. the, the Lord is is working his plan and, and we are a part of that, you know. <laughs> this um, one's for you, Leighton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's for yeah. you, man. Anyway, it's it's just a what a un, what a unique, beautiful thing, mm-hmm. you know, that this that this story is. Yeah, it really is. And I've thoroughly enjoyed it and I think that I think that you all are too. If you're not, feel free to let us know and we'll change course. <laughs> just kidding. Um ain't changing nothing. Yeah. But I'm excited for, uh, you know, what this week holds. And, Me man, too. we've got two more messages, two more podcasts. Yeah. Uh, if, you're, if you're not caught up, uh, go to our YouTube channel. Links are in the description. Yeah, check it out. And, uh, or listen on Spotify, whichever you're, you know, pick your poison. It's all good. Um, every Spotify episode has m- my voice introducing it. So it's a good one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. He's super humble. I'm he's so humble. I wrote so humble. <laughs> so humble. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks for hanging out. And yeah. uh, man, we'll uh, we'll catch you next week. Cheers to another week in the Book of Ruth. Yeah, love you guys, and uh, thank you for for joining us at our uh, our humble end our of little the powwow here. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I think little. I think Cody should buy one of you faithful listeners an ember mug. Yeah, see the steam. Yeah. And you see the steam, and I've had coffee in there for like a half hour. Yeah. It's still 130 degrees. Yeah, man. I think we're paying him too much. What do you know? Let us know in the comments. What do you think? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. God bless, do less. We'll see you next week. (laughs) We'll let you know next week if I'm paid too much, okay? Uh, Bye-bye. Let us know. Let us know in the comments. Doc is pay or increase it. Let us know. Vote for increase. (laughs) Enlarge his coast. Curve (laughs) Jabez right now. Lord, please. (laughs) Yeah, Lord, please let us have access to the walls of Lakewood Church. (laughs) In Jesus' name, (laughs) amen. God bless you. Thanks so much for tuning in for this conversation on the Bethlehem Church Podcast. We hope it was a blessing to you. If you want to know more about us, feel free to check out our website at BethlehemChurch.cc. And also, in every conversation we publish, you'll find our sermon notes in the description, and we hope that you'll study these topics further. We'll see you next time.